Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm your other host, Matthew Rodriguez. And we are joined today by two very, very, very special guests. We have staff writer at Vulture, who is not a New Yorker and is based in Chicago. <laughs> Angelica Jade Bastian, thank you for having me on. Yay. And we have gay Twitter big bad and goblin extraordinaire. David Vasquez, also known as Discreet Latino. Yay. That's right. Oh, she's already promoing herself. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> we will give you a chance to do that later, David. <laughs> so David has already been on and has already given us his Buffy origin. Um, Angelica, would you like to give us, as a first-time guest, would you like to give us your Buffy origin? Oh, how I got into Buffy. Um, so after school one day, when I was still going to a Christian private school in Miami, Um, And I had like a ritual uh, of watching way too much TV when I got home and eating cinnamon graham crackers with milk. (laughs) And I it was March 10th, 1997. (laughs) And I heard the theme song and I thought that sounded really cool. And I was like, I like her outfit. I'm going to watch the show. And I never missed an episode. I recorded every episode on VHS and kept it in my floral trunk. Um, I have been obsessed with the show since childhood. So when like Sarah Michelle Gellar, humble brag, but not really, um, read and loved my vulture piece about the anniversary last year, I like cried because she's been my childhood idol. It's yeah. So I love the show. That's actually really cool. Did she like, how did you find out she read it? Um, cause I saw her retweet it. She like retweeted it. Um, and complimented it, and then like a bunch of people were like, "Angelica, do you see that Sarah Michelle Gellar like yeah. likes your essay?" And You're I'm like, like yeah. "Well, <laughs> fuck yes, I have." <laughs> um, and also, no one can tell me shit because Buffy likes me. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think you win. Like that's fair. <laughs> All right, so today we are here to discuss the season five episode checkpoint. Um, yes. Kind of like a turning point for the season, I feel like. Mm. Uh, Matthew, do you want to start? Sure. Uh, this episode starts in Buffy's house, and they are all talking about... Well, really, Giles is um, trying to tell them that the council is coming, which gets some mixed reactions from the crew. <laughs> um, I really like... Uh, the Tara and Anya-ness of this scene because they're the two people who have had the least interactions with the council. And I think like the writer's room was very cognizant of them having all these questions because they are the only, it's like, you know, when you're writing and you have to be like, these characters don't even know what they're getting into. They were not around for Restless. So we need to make sure that they are really quizzical about what's going on. I like that Tara is very Tara about, like, they're both very themselves about it, but Tara's like, oh, aren't they just like other Gileses? Um, <laughs> and Anya's immediately anxious about it because she's, you know, an ex-demon. Uh, also, I wanted to point out, Tara, they, like, did her up for this scene. <laughs> like, normally she's, like, they don't, like, like do her up, but she, like, has her makeup done. She's wearing, like, gangly earrings. She's wearing a sequin top, and it's, like, very... Her hair also looks very nice. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few good looks in this episode. There, there are. Um, Angelica, in case you couldn't tell you were on a gay podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never would have thought that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no. Um, Tara is definitely looking uh, not as 
it's just such a, a far cry from when she first uh, came on the show and they just put pounds and pounds of like heavy dark makeup on her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite things about this or one of my things that, that I always think about with this scene is like how Dawn listens in mm-hmm. and like Buffy is so fucking harsh on Dawn all the time. Like even when she's just mad that she's overhearing something and all of her friends have to be like Buffy, like who is she going to tell that there's a bunch of British people coming to town? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like, I love Buffy that. is straight up about to like go up to Dawn's room and like punch her in the face for like this <laughs> conversation. Like, girl. Oh my god! I mean, I connect with Buffy in that scene because I'm an older sister, and being the eldest, I don't know. Them youngins always got on my nerves for little things, and it's just like, can't you just like not exist for like a minute? So <laughs> I totally get Buffy being well. That's weird funny. And that's funny because I'm the youngest, but I don't Same. even like I don't even like Dawn that much. But I'm the youngest, and I'm and I watch it, and I'm like, Buffy needs to chill the fuck out. Like she needs to take an Ambien and just like <laughs> calm down. Um, Poor girl. Yeah, but if you take an Ambien, you might do what I do and just like order shit you don't need from Amazon. <laughs> yeah, she can't be doing. Well, that. Amazon, uh, d- you know, Buffy didn't even have That's like true. a good enough connection to order Amazon at the time, so she's <laughs> fine. So. I do like, you know, it's Giles kind of preparing the group that, like, oh, they're coming. And then he's, like, they're coming, like, they're on their way. Uh, I do really like Buffy's, like, saying, I think it's Tara's, like, oh, aren't they, like, Giles? And then Buffy's, like, yeah, and they're scary and they're horrible. <laughs> so weird, like, watching the show as an adult and seeing her deal with all these things. Because I'm, like, oh, now I'm actually older than Buffy was in right? this episode. And, like, holy shit. I could not have been dealing with oh, I found out my sister isn't, like, real. She's some key. My, you know, my man's left. I'm just dealing with a lot. Now these these assholes who had drugged me once and did this weird test to me in, like, freaking high school back. Oh, hell no. Y'all can go eat a dick. Like, leave me the fuck alone. It's um, also weird because I feel like, and we'll talk about this a couple of times, I'm sure, in this episode, is that, like, she gets really mousy in an un in an unbuffy way this episode. Like she's really intimidated by the council and intimidated by all these people that she hasn't really thought about in over a year. And I don't know. It seemed like when I watching it again, having to dive so deep for this podcast into who Buffy is, I was surprised at how like shook she was the whole time. Like this whole episode is just Buffy being shook by things. <laughs> yeah, I I think I sort of looked at it. As when I was rewatching it this last time, it's almost like she sort of regresses to a Buffy, Buffy she used to be, a Buffy yeah. who was a bit more unsure. And I think it's because the council is coming at this specific time where she's not really like she's facing a foe who has bested her and she kind of knows that she's not enough to protect Dawn. And I think she's sort of just grappling with so much that this added stress just causes her to like kind of crack up a bit. Plus, they can they can make Giles go away. Yeah, that's like her rock, and they can make him go away, and she has to deal with Dawn and having lost Riley and mm. and Glory all at the same time on her own. She probably wouldn't be able to deal with that, or she thinks she can't do, deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I wanted to point out Angelica. You, Angelica told us before we recording, but her cat, her kitty, is our uh, fifth unofficial guest today. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's fine. Uh, What's your cat's name? Uh, his name is Professor Butch Cassidy. <laughs> I just call him Cassidy for short. 
I love it. Um, well, <laughs> maybe we'll get his thoughts at the end of the episode on what he thought about Buffy's outfits. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he has a lot of thoughts. Um, <laughs> so then we move to the glory scene, which I fucking love. I think this is the first time that we've seen her all, like, sweaty yeah. and gross yeah. and, like, needing to suck mm. in order to live. That said, the nightgown was still amazing. <laughs> oh, Honestly, truly. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think Claire Kramer does, like, such a good job. And especially in this scene, because we get her going from, like, I might be dying, <laughs> and then, like, two seconds later to, like, mm, I'm perfect, look how pretty I am. Uh, <laughs> and I just, I don't know, I love her delivery is glory like she goes back mm-hmm. to like oh i'm yell say i'm like yell speaking everything i'm saying because i'm also on the verge of having a nervous breakdown <laughs> and like i also understand <laughs> not that i ever talk loudly right david <laughs> <laughs> it feels like she's like victoria beckham if victoria beckham had like a thousand red bulls um, <laughs> oh wow oh my gosh <laughs> and i just love that she's like you know, they're, like, talking about Ben, um, and she's just like, well, I guess I, you know, what does she say? Like, oh, we have to, like, have him help her, because she calls her Mousy the Vampire Slayer, which I love. <laughs> oh, God. So here's my question. I wrote it down. I think it's for later, but I think it makes sense now, too, is, like, do, do Glory and Ben know that they, because, like, they talk about each other as if they don't know that they share a body. No, they definitely know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess well, they're, they're, they're that the writers are just writing yet. it in a way so that we don't know yet and <laughs> yeah. it doesn't it doesn't get out, but it's always like written as if like they themselves also are like unaware of it. And also, how did Ben get through medical school if he kept changing into glory in the middle <laughs> of class? That's the real question. I'm the only one who asks the questions around here. <laughs> That's why you're the warrior. You ask the questions. Exactly. I am a god warrior. I ask the questions. And I want to know how Ben made it through medical school if he was also a hell god part-time. Well, wait. I have like kind of an answer to that question. Because I think that Glory hadn't always been tied to Ben, right? Like, I think they weren't always tied to each other. Or maybe that it's just because they do reference towards the end of the season that the, like, tie between them is becoming very unstable. Because they were having conversations with each other later on in the season. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I don't know if because I felt like at some point in the season, Ben says that it's like been his whole life like this or something. Mm -hmm. I feel like he says it once. I don't know if it's, like, when when Glory needs to enter the mortal realm, she, like, has to be Ben or something. Mm. I don't, we'll, let's, put a, let's put a pin in that and, and like, <laughs> remember to listen very closely to things that Ben says about that All right, as Valerie. we go on yeah. in our journey together. <laughs> she says Sunnydale has too many demons, not enough retail outlets. Such um, a great line. Yeah. Oh. When I watched it, young... I was always like, oh, Glory is wearing some, like, high-end stuff. And now when I watch it, I'm kind of like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, the like, show clearly did not have the budget to go full Devil Wears Prada. I mean, they I feel like they worked with what they had, right? Like, it was mm-hmm. uh, 2000 budget on WB. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, that's not much. Yeah. Um. So then we have the scene where the Watchers come to the magic box and shut shit down. Yes. Such assholes. Oh my god. Please bring your money back. <laughs> okay. I just want to say that I've always kind of had a crush on like the South Asian British watcher. <laughs> He's like dashing and kind of hot. So oh, I'm just yeah. going to put that out there. 
they're all too But I love the way me. he gets shut down by Buffy later on in the episode. Oh, so good. Right. But that helps me know that I, he's into like some humiliation stuff and we can <laughs> definitely get into that later. And I think Emma Caulfield's doing some like right work here when it's like she realizes it's the Watcher Council and she's just like, well, the store's closed now, so I will be in the back. Uh, <laughs> and when Quentin Travers stops her and uh, what does she say? She's like, Yes, where I grew up from South Indiana with a mother and a father. With both yeah. a mother and a father. It's yeah. such a weird, <laughs> stilted line. Like, if she would just stop talking, she'd make it easier for herself. Yeah, like, then it'd probably be fine. <laughs> but she keeps talking. It makes it better for us. Yeah. <laughs> the episode's full of great lines. Yeah. Yeah, it is. One of the things that I hate about, because, like, obviously they tell her in this scene that she's going to be going under a review and all this shit's going to happen. And, like, they're, like, we have to make sure that you're worthy of this information. And I'd be, like, bitch, who else is worthy? Are you going to give it to fucking Faith? Like, there's only <laughs> yeah, two slayers. That's a really like, good point. What oh. are your choices? And that was her point. Yeah. yeah, that's her point later. But it was kind of, like, at the, I'd just turn around and be, like, who are you going to share it with? Boo-boo the fool? No. <laughs> yeah, who's going to help you with this, you dumbasses? <laughs> I, I would have gone so so off on them <laughs> i'd be like how about i kick your ass now and take your fo- and take your files away yeah, like what the fuck are you really gonna do to me <laughs> they want her to be kendra they wish she were kendra uh, like with no friends raised by her watcher you know subject of their queen yeah. and but they have buffy who has friends and lived longer than you know the other girls yeah yeah, I feel so bad for the Slayers. Whenever you start really thinking about how young they are, it's always like, oh. Right. This kind of sucks. Like, Buffy's yeah. like the oldest Slayer of all time, and she's like 19. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, because she graduated high school. <laughs> uh, which also, I actually, that's funny that you guys all brought that up, because I was thinking about how Buffy's supposed to be one of the oldest Slayers. And then I was like, yeah, but how old is Nikki Wood supposed to be then? Oh, that's a oh, good yeah, point. I mean, good. Nikki Wood's probably li- lived longer, too. Yeah. And, so she didn't. and, and didn't Spike say mm-hmm. that she, Nikki Woods, was the Slayer that he felt was most similar to Buffy? In yeah. Terms of style? So yeah. I think they, oh, God, I wish she got, like, more. Because yeah. she's fa- she's one of those fascinating avenues that, I would have loved to see more of. Yeah. But yeah, I was thinking about that when I was watching the episode. So I was like, I know that she's supposed to be the oldest and like clearly like, which is the kind of the episode, right? Like the reason she succeeds is because she doesn't follow their bullshit rules. Right. Um, but they're trying to like control her. Uh, mm. And clearly that like also like I was thinking about, cause then I was thinking about Nikki Wood and I was like, I feel like, she would have also given, like, she seemed, I mean, like you said, Angelica, Spike says she was like Buffy, and she didn't seem like someone who was just, like, boring and following the rules. Also, she had, she was, like, a parent, so yeah. that's also yeah, that's a huge dynamic to add into slaying. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, then we get, and I, I think the transition is really good when Giles says to Quentin, like, she's really, like, refined her focus, and then we cut to Buffy yawning in class. Uh, and every time we get a scene of a teacher or a professor being so rude to Buffy, I'm like, I want her to punch him in the face. I feel like he's actively shutting down, like, discourse in a history class the way that it's supposed to be. Like, I don't know, like, he's operating on this idea that college is just like, I am the professor and I tell you everything and you write it down. Instead of, like, he's, like, actively shutting down inquiry, which, I don't know, in college, I felt like it was all about questioning shit. 
yeah, you're not wrong. The professor's an asshole. Such an asshole. Buffy's hair looks like, great, though. It does. <laughs> Season five hair is amazing. Oh my god, it so is. And that outfit she's wearing in the cemetery when her and Spike, or well, bump into no, he he was stalking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she looks great. I'm like that. The hair. leather trench coat with the turtleneck and the high heel boots. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, so good. I loved it. <laughs> Love a good turtleneck. Uh, they. They do wear a lot of turtlenecks this season, particularly. <laughs> yeah, they do. What is that about? <laughs> You're like in Southern California. What's yeah. Going on? <laughs> it is not. Well, that I wrote that note down about like the when she goes to drop off Dawn and Joyce later in the episode, and she's wearing a full-on like parka to go visit Spike. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a full-on like fur coat. <laughs> oh yeah you're right and i'm like how cold is it outside buffy i live in la and the coldest it's ever been does not even justify this long ass coat i don't see the need for this this inuit reference uh parka <laughs> and in the cemetery she's wearing that parka and a knit hat right uh well she's covering up her, her like hole in her head excuse me Oh, wait, who are we talking about? Are we talking about Joyce or no, Buffy? About Buffy. <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> Joyce Christ. was also wearing a lot of clothes when right. she got dropped off at Spikes. Everyone, please cover up your hole when you're out in the cemetery <laughs> at night. God. <sighs> there. Um. Anyway, so then we get the fight in the cemetery, which reminded me of like superhero comics, right? Because she's. The fight she's having is so unimportant to her that she's just going over the fight she had with the professor uh, and, like, barely acknowledging <laughs> the vampire. And I love it. It reminds me of, like, Spider-Man or some shit like that, uh, which is probably what drew me to this so much as a like teenager. Um, but, yeah, I love that the vampire's even like, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, right, we've all been there, like, replaying a stupid fight where it's, like, mm-hmm. you wanted to say something, but you didn't. So it's interesting. I think Angelica said it, that this is another um, instance of Spike stalking Buffy. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and it's still not okay. I will still say that. <laughs> this is early Twilight shit, and we should not stand up for Spike stalking Buffy. No, stalking is not sexy. No. But... But he looks so good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's really all I got. I was like, you know what? This is terrible. And my boyfriend was sitting next to me when I was rewatching it. And I was just like, but damn, he's looking really good, don't you think? Oh, I think he's so sexy. And I was like, oh, but this isn't healthy. No. no." Angelica, I say this all the time on the podcast, but my mother is 71 and she loves Spike. <laughs> Who wouldn't? You know, as a kid, when I was first watching the show, I had no interest in Spike. I thought he was like an interesting character, but I had no attraction to him. Yeah. But as an adult, as a grown woman, <laughs> I could handle that. And <laughs> I would give it a shot. That's what I got to say. <laughs> I'm such a great critic. Oh my god, look at what I'm bringing to this episode. Okay. Um, well, I love it. Um, <laughs> and you're not wrong, because we had James Marsters on, and let me tell you, he video chatted me at first by accident instead of calling, and mm. still looking good. 
Oh, I'd still. I'd still. <laughs> I he like married bass. a fan, didn't he? Like, who is did he? a fan of Buffy who's, like, younger. Oh, I didn't know him. that. He did mention that and he then, was married and has kids, but. Yeah. Which upset me because I was like, well, I'm a Buffy fan. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get nary a dick from anybody on this cast. This is what? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Uh, so anyway, um, David, do you have anything to add? <laughs> what are we talking about? We're still on Spike. Um, yeah, no, so we're beyond Spike. Stalking we, is bad. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't have a soul. But you know, we talked about like the difference of him not having a soul already on this podcast. Yeah, and that's, how that's... It's, it's portrayed differently because he doesn't have like a different personality. Yeah, whether or not he has a soul. But yeah, stalking is bad. But he keeps <laughs> doing it. And. Uh... It's it's like draw it's like painting this picture of a guy who's like pretending not to be like in love with her and just doing a really bad job, but also being so very big. creepy. Very, very, very creepy. <laughs> uh, so then we move to um what is it, Spike and or no, Ben and the Minion, Jinx. Yeah, she go, he goes to see Ben. But I wanted to touch upon, so Spike, this is one of the scenes where he does really annoy me because he does like stalking puppy dog, but then he's also like, like assaulting Buffy with all these fucking insults about why she I know. And I'm like, Ooh. is this what you're trying to do to get her to sleep with you? Because like, when does this work? Like, when he's like, oh, you can't keep a man. Maybe it's you. Oh, maybe your looks are fading. And I'm like, dude, Relax. Yeah, uh, like, the negging doesn't work, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Who negs somebody in a freaking cemetery? I just don't know. <laughs> well, that's what you what happens when you play hard to get without a soul. <laughs> oh, gross. Oh. Sounds exhausting. Ugh. Yeah. Um, but so then, so, you know, the minion goes to see Ben. And like you said, uh, Matthew, I think this is one of the... No, it's not, because... The first time we saw Minion was in the, the episode with the dumb, gross, cockroach, alien baby thing. Ew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was Wait, I've seen the Minions several times. No, like with right. Ben. With Ben. Oh, with Ben? Oh, yeah. yeah. We know that there's some kind of connection between Glorificus and Benificus. Are we to assume that there's some sort of connection between Ben and Glory? <laughs> <laughs> um, but so this is when Ben finds out that Buffy's the Slayer. He didn't know that before. Um, and they assumed that Ben knew, right? Yep. Yeah. She's, so, uh, she's short, symmetrical, hair on top, Buffy something. <laughs> and then Ben says in his early 2000s male WB love interest voice, Buffy <laughs> Summers is the slayer. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> With his stupid, flowy, Farrah Fawcett hair. What is his hairstyle? Oh <laughs> My God. No one wears his hairstyle anymore. It is seriously a relic. It is a sign of its times. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, I, Ian wanted to sleep with everyone who had that haircut. <laughs> Ian did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because, like, I was, you know, like, alive in those times, so it's like, I can forgive it. Clearly looking now, I'm like, ooh. But also, I have dumbass hair, so, like, I can look and be like, alright, you know, the hair's not my favorite, but, like, alright. Because he's still, like, cute. He's, like, very of that time cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like, well, no, he up. was like from the WB. Like the WB keeps a list of like generic white bread men on tap. <laughs> yeah, 
and like between 1999 and 2002 and he was just like 17th on the list and they were like (laughs) call this guy up we got a part (laughs) wow Harsh oh. words for Ben. Damn. That, How is it harsh? He, it's just he's generically handsome. There's nothing neither special nor unspecial. Oh, oh that just that hurts. No, as I keep saying it, I realize that it's very mean. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I feel See, like I'm being complimentary. You're not wrong. Uh, so then we get uh, so then Buffy comes to the magic box, and I do really. Like her be her like stopping. We see the Watchers Council looked at her, and she just tries to walk out. She's like, "Bad, bad day." Nope. <laughs> bad. <laughs> she comes in. Blah blah blah. She sees them. Quentin Trevor says it's nice to see her. She enters into a room of Watchers several times this episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does. And I love, love Giles yelling at Quentin made me tear up because Giles is such a good dad. I know. He's so Aww. protective. Well, it's interesting. It's an interesting role too because like. He, for so long, didn't have, like, in season four, he didn't really play that role to Buffy. And so, like, seeing how much, we haven't had, like, an emotional Giles-Buffy moment in a while. And so I feel like this scene kind of actually, like, plays into that, like, that emotion that hasn't been there between them in a long time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, And I wanted to point out, I immediately thought of our season four guest, Meg Ellison, wrote, I want to say it was for, like, Sci-Fi Wire, about Giles being the best example of like non toxic, like man on TV, and how he literally is just a mm. good father, and there's mm. never any like sexual whatever of with him and any of the women. He genuinely thinks of Buffy as his daughter, mm. uh, and that's what that reminded me of. And I just I, I love Giles. Uh, I do too. Then we get the minion goes to see Glory to tell her of his discussion with Ben. She's, you know, out of the shower. She's putting on some lotion. Uh, and I just love this scene. Because when he's like, blah, 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 like he said he will not help. And she's like, well, blah, blah, blah. He could he could seduce the Slayer and bang the information out of her. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't talk about Buffy like that. Um, and then the minion, my favorite part is the minion's like, he is very attractive. And she's like, well, of course he's attractive. <laughs> i love her uh also the tension in this scene is like funny where she where the minion thinks that she may try to suck out his brain but like please she's not right and he's like squirming and it's funny because like on some level i feel like him being a minion he would love to get sucked by her because it would like be part of his service to her right Mm -hmm. or something and so it's this like oh, am I going to get to serve the great Glorificus by losing my brain today? Um, <laughs> but also, ow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because even when she hugs him, you see his arms. He's like that nerd at Comic-Con meeting, you know, a hot celebrity where like, oh, where are my arms? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting too is I think, and I wanted to touch on this a little bit, like, I don't know, a lot of Joss Whedon stuff has a lot of just like, fear of big bureaucracies and shadow organizations like that's basically what dollhouse is about and then i don't watch agents of shield because i only have so many hours in my week and i need to (laughs) live my best life but like in the in the movies at least in the avengers like there is this like yeah kind of secretness to shield and so he's always and 
the, to me, the Watcher's Council is always kind of like the prototype for those things. And mm. I think this is the last time that we see the Watcher's Council in the show because they just get blown up in season seven. So this is like their last hurrah. And then when he, you know, when she, when they express that they can like have Giles deported and do all of these really bureaucratic evil things. Cause like he says, Giles says like they can't fight, but they can destroy your life with the stroke of a pen. Right. I always think that's a really like interesting line. Like they can't, mm. they have no physical might or whatever. Like the slayer is their physical might, but they can like make your life hell. Mm. Yes. What I'm saying is it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Bureaucracy and, is evil. Yeah. It sucks. They do. Yeah. I do watch Agents of shield. I didn't watch the last season. Um, I was waiting for it to hit Netflix and then it did. And I still didn't watch it, but um, <laughs> the, the agents of shield does like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has a really weird relationship with that notion because they definitely try to touch upon it. And because in Captain America Winter Soldier, S.H.I.E.L.D. is basically disbanded, the show kind of like touches on like, oh, look how evil they were and they were controlling us. But then also they're starting their own organization. And eh. I mean, I like the show because I like the characters, but sometimes that you watch it, right, David? Um, I'm very far behind. I think I'm like a more than a season behind. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so they, they definitely do, Matthew, like, keep with that. Like, well, you know what's interesting? I don't know how much S.H.I.E.L.D. is like that, but one of the th- interesting things about both Dollhouse and the Watcher's Council is that there seems to be this um, this blending, this, in, this uh, ooh, deliberate blending of bureaucracy and patriarchy, like, the way that the... the Watchers Council um, treats Slayers and the way that the corporation behind the dollhouse is basically like taking young girls lives and turning them into like robotic escorts or profit. Yeah. There is an interesting parallel there. Mm, Everyone watched dollhouse. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Oh, no, that was a command to everyone listening. (laughs) Oh, everyone everyone watched dollhouse. dollhouse. Dollhouse is like maybe my <laughs> least favorite Joss Whedon thing. <laughs> extreme, extreme Miranda Priestly voice. That wasn't a question. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get the Watcher, Watchers Council interviewing the Scoobies, which I think is, to quote my Matthew, fucking iconic. <laughs> oh yeah, the vignettes of the interviews are like the my favorite part of the episode, and this is like really high up on my list of favorite episodes. <laughs> uh, I Willow and Tara stumbling over like how to come out and that's not even what the guy was asking like i love that uh and anya's mo- made up monologue about her like childhood and being born oh my in god July. <laughs> i just love don't think i didn't hear about that my whole life who's I... our little patriot <laughs> I just... <laughs> like what the hell <laughs> and actually my one of my favorite tara quotes of all time is just when she yells five 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 yes. five <laughs> it's honestly iconic <laughs> Well, and I love that Willow and Tara almost revert because, like, you know, I mean, they're a well-matched couple, but they're not usually the same. But they're both reacting to these questions the same way where they're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Does anyone else think that that um, the female watcher is trying to, like, get some D from Spike when she says, oh, she I wrote my totally thesis is. on you? Oh, she's definitely flirting. Oh, she's imagined that cold dick. I'm sorry. But no, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
like she's licking her lips. <laughs> she true, yes, truly. She was truly like, <laughs> hey, do I have time to get dicked down by William the Bloody before I leave Sunnydale? Oh, oh, and you know she would talk all about that. <laughs> like she would never stop talking about it. God, wait a minute. I need to go back to Angelica. You saying that cold dick? <laughs> so, okay, so right before, <laughs> right before we got on, I, me and my boyfriend had this like conversation about the sexual characteristics of vampires and and like he was like you know man Buffy is killing vampires but she's also having sex with them and I'm like maybe she just likes that cold dick and then he and then we were like so do vampires like how does that work and then oh I started God. thinking too much about it I was like I need help let me I feel like Joss Whedon's commented on this before because people have asked like how do they have erections because they don't have blood and erections are just blood well, they yeah. have blood but their their heart's not like they're not it's not being pumped throughout their body by be, yeah. uh, bleeding heart right so yeah without a heart to pump blood to your erect penis <laughs> to make this a seventh grade <laughs> lesson in anatomy there is no way that a vampire so it would be a cold limp dick oh uh, you know what i magic exists okay they're vampires i don't know so who knows i think so they should have like... hard dicks otherwise that's stupid what's the point of why would you still want to why would you want to live forever and not be able to get an erection? That just seems weird. And like, cold, take a dark and, magic erection. And listen, yeah. cold, cold limp dick sounds like my dating history, so oh. it's not great. Ian, wow. Ian, cold limp dick is going to be the name of this podcast episode. <laughs> I'm just saying it right now. A cold limp dick. <laughs> we have too many episode names with the word dick in the title. <laughs> I think we don't have enough. <laughs> uh, um, I'm sweating. Anyway, um... Yeah, I guess I never really thought about that, but God, a cold dick sounds terrible. But I mean, uh, like... <sighs> but like, maybe you get used to it and you like it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe it's just... I don't, you know, I don't know. I have to think about that. I don't know if I'm... To bring up another Meryl Streep role, it reminds me of when in, in Julie and Julia, Meryl Streep is holding some pasta and she says it's hot as a stiff cock. <laughs> Does she say that? Wait, she, she says, says Julia. She says this manicotti is hot as a stiff cock. I can what? send you the gift. You're, 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 you're lying to me. Okay, I, I, I will send to watch everyone the gift right now because <laughs> it's my favorite line in Julie and Julia. Okay, yeah, I need, I need the gift. Post. Of course, it's your favorite line, Matthew. <laughs> it's everyone's favorite line. Well, um, you can't find any good lines from the Amy Adams half. They have to all be from the. <laughs> The, the Julia hat. And it's funny, I put in my notes, do we think the watcher is, like, attracted to Spike? But you're all right, she is. I oh, mean, she is. Clearly, if you do your thesis on someone who looks like that, you're gonna want to be like, oh, also, they're really fucking hot. I yeah, mean. that that was a footnote. Yeah. Answer. That was a footnote. <laughs> so, I, so we get Buffy training with the watchers, and I do really like this scene. Buffy's, I... I I enjoy when Buffy, who is clearly capable of, like, fighting, has to do something. Like, she's doing a thing that she does, like, every day, ten times a day, but she's slip-sliding through it. Like, I love that. I love her not being mm -hmm. able... She doesn't know anything of what he's saying. Like, what's... Like, he, I think he says, like, a certain type of fighting. She doesn't know what the hell that is. Uh, it's like Japanese... Aikido. Aikido, yeah. yeah. And, you know, Buffy clearly does And, like, we know, as viewers, that there's no way Buffy knows what that is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes, Kendra my favorite would part though was when she just bows in the complete wrong direction. <laughs> like he says oh. to bow, and she specifically turns away from yeah. him. 
then we get to one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Which yeah. is Buffy walking into her house and Glory being there. Which oh. we will we will do a reading of. Oh my, oh my gosh. We it's were... time for a reading. Yay. It's time for a reading. <laughs> which we haven't had in a really long time. Matthew, our Matthew will be playing the role of Buffy, the role he normally plays. Angelica of the vampires. Angelica <laughs> will be Glorificus. And David will be Dawn, and I will be Stage Directions. <laughs> I will be Stage Directions. <laughs> it is I, Stage Directions, the drag queen. <laughs> yeah. That's a good name. Um, Angelica, would you like to begin? Okay. Sorry, Claire Kramer. Um, so this is where the Slayers eats, sleeps, and combs her hair. Oh, so cute. I can't even stand it. Personally, I need more space, but uh, this is good for you. It's so quaint and... As Gloria is speaking with her back to Buffy, Buffy moves across the room to the fireplace and picks up a poker. When she straightens up, Gloria is right behind her. Buffy, if I wanted to fight you, you could tell by being dead already. So play nice, little girl. What do you want? The key. Why else do you think I'd come here? See, I think you knew you know where it is, and that's a good thing. I'm glad you think so. Well, it's the only thing keeping you alive right now. Because you may be the tiny queen in vampire world. Dawn enters behind Glory. Buffy looks at Dawn in alarm, tries not to let Glory see her looking. But to me, you're a bug. You should get down on your knees and worship me. Dawn walks closer. Buffy widens her eyes to signal to Dawn to go away. But, oh no, you still think it's neat having Slayer strength. Ooh, big deal, stronger than humans. Who isn't? I could crush the life from you as easy as you'd break a nail, but I need the key. Dawn has reached the stairs. She begins to turn away. Kid! Dawn stops. Buffy looks alarmed. Come here a sec. Leave her out of this. Not asking twice. Dawn approaches, still behind Lori and out of her line of sight. This is between you and me. No, this is between me and my key. You just happen to be in the re- be the thing in the way. Glory lifts her her hand over her head and snaps her fingers. Dawn walks into her view, folds her arms over her chest sullenly. And you are just the darlingest thing I have ever seen in my life. What's your name, honey? Dawn. <laughs> Dawn. <laughs> Did you know your sister took my key, Donnie, and she won't give it back? I bet you know where she put it, don't you? She doesn't know anything. I know some stuff. (laughs) I bet she takes your stuff all the time without asking, doesn't she? Where's my key, Don? Go upstairs, Don. You're always talking about stuff I'm not supposed to hear. I'm going to figure it out, you know. Don leaves. Ooh, I like her. She's sassy. And I'll kill her. I'll kill your mom. I'll kill your friends. And I'll make you watch when I do. Just give me the key. You either have it or you know where to find it. Obviously, this is a one-time only deal. Next time we meet, something you love dies bloody. You know you can't take me. You know you can't stop me. She drops the poker on the floor and leaves. Buffy watches her go with a grim expression. Yay! Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. I from Glory's like 
ooh, I like her, she's sassy. Like, I can, like, I know that whole quote. <laughs> because I always feel like it's so intense, right? Because, like, she means that shit, and she could definitely do that. Yeah. <laughs> because this episode's so quotable. Yeah, that's true. So quotable. And I remember, like, when I watched the scene the first time, I remember I was so worried. Because, one, they love smashing their, like, sets. They love tearing through walls, crushing tables. I was like, oh, fuck. Glory is going to punch Buffy through every wall of that goddamn house. Mm. And being, like, so, like, stressed about it. Because, uh, you know, Glory had kicked her ass every time they met prior to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's such a good scene. And Claire Kramer, Claire Kramer mm. is basically the scene, right? Like, she's the one... She's doing all of the, like, action and the talking. Buffy barely says anything. Uh, I don't know. I I think they do a really good job of making this, like, you know, the Watchers are there. Buffy's going through all that shit. And then it's like, oh, fuck. And Glory's at her house. And her threatening her fucking family is like, fuck. There's a lot of things. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because every character in this scene knows a different amount of information mm. like um buffy kind of knows everything she knows who the key is she knows who glory is she knows what glory wants and she knows she needs to protect dawn glory doesn't know that the key is a person but she needs the key and she knows who the slayer is and she but she doesn't really know dawn and so she's trying to get to, so it's like she's five feet from the key and doesn't know that it's dawn is what she's looking for and then dawn kind of doesn't know anything about what's going on and so you have this like moment where there are three characters all trying to talk about the same thing but you know what's interesting about this too is i wrote you know i this is one moment where i feel like the writers went through pain to like make dawn annoying because i don't understand why in this scene where Buffy is clearly trying to protect Dawn. Like, she's giving her these alarming eyes, like, you walked into a really scary situation, please back away. And then Dawn is, like, annoyed at her in the scene. Like, hey, I know things. I'm an adult. And it's like, Dawn, calm the fuck down. <laughs> everyone in this family needs to be on more drugs because everyone is <laughs> oh, at a high my level. My God. They, yeah. all need a, they all need to smoke a weed. <laughs> yeah, I think if they smoke yeah. some weed, yeah. they'd be pretty chill. Joyce needs to get some medicinal Mary Jane <laughs> and pass it out to all of her to all of her kin because they she are all on brain cancer. <laughs> God, oh my God, what? <laughs> uh, um, but I agree because, like, it's weird. I feel for Dawn, even though I don't. Her character, there's moments or scenes like this where. She's annoying, and it makes, like, no sense why she's being such an asshole to Buffy. It's like, I, you know, you know, I kill, like, demons and evil things, and, like, you know, maybe there's times where you need to defer to me, you know, to live. Right, literally to live. (laughs) One of the things that we've talked about on the show is that it's not even, it's more that they write Dawn at inconsistent ages, Mm-hmm. And I feel like a 14-year-old is old enough to understand when, like, their sister is trying to save them from mortal peril. Mm-hmm. And, like, would at least for 10 seconds, even if you hate her guts because she stole your hairbrush, you'd be <laughs> like, oh, maybe I won't be a little rug rat for two seconds so that I can save, I, my life can be saved. I don't I mean, know. Yeah. And it feels like great. Dawn, when she walks in, they're mouth like, she's mouthing to her. And it feels like Dawn gets it but then she doesn't right like it feels like right she gets it but then she chooses to like throw buffy under the bus that does piss me off um Mm. but i don't know if maybe we're because 
Dawn doesn't like they know of Glory, but like no one but Dawn and the Scooby, no one but Buffy and then the Scoobies at one time where they weren't paying attention met have met Glory at this point, right? So maybe she sees her and is like, oh, this is a regular person. I don't know. No, she's still dumb to me. Uh, <laughs> um, like, just like if, if Buffy's making those faces, girl, like, come on. Right. Um, but also, yeah. whenever I look at scenes like this, which I agree, like, Dawn is inconsistently written, and, and sometimes she just feels like a normal teenager, and sometimes it's like they weirdly just make her seem like an asshole brat child. But, like, with Dawn, I'm always wondering. You know, how does Buffy look with Dawn in it? Like, how would she have looked in the second season? What things has she experienced and what does she know? Because, I mean, at this point, you know, obviously she's not real, but I always wonder about the narrative and how she changed it. And sometimes we get certain details, but so, like, I think at this point she knows what Buffy does. Right. Or like they would have they would have done that second spell to keep Angel out of the house and she would have been like, Come in here, Angel. My <laughs> sister will beat your ass. <laughs> and be like, Todd, what are you doing? <laughs> what an annoying child. That would be so annoying. Like how many times was she almost killed? Like I always just wondered, like She's like Dawn is the new Xander, like almost always getting killed. Yeah. Joyce walking in and Buffy being like, pack a bag. Like Buffy for me, it's intense because we know that Buffy's scared of Glory, right? Like, mm-hmm. we know that Buffy knows that Glory could murder her entire family, so she tells her mom to pack a bag, and I I really love that she goes to Spike. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just like, oh. But it does, right? Like, she, I mean, she is right. Like, what's she gonna do? Put uh, Joyce and Dawn with, like, Xander? With Willow? <laughs> like, I mean, granted, by the end of the season, it's like, oh, well, Willow could help them but still couldn't like defeat glory and spike has the best chance of like maybe he could pick literally pick up joyce and dawn and just like run uh but i i like that buffy knows that spike when it comes down to it will help and he does i don't know i like that if i were in charge of this show if i were the showrunner i would have had the female watcher like coming out of the crypt like in a nighty as buffy <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good for her. uh, You never saw this. Don't bother. Listen, she's on a business trip, but she's also getting some, like, some action. Good for her. Listen, business trips are the best time to get action. (laughs) And I do like Spike and Joyce talking about passions. Mm Mm-hmm. That's very cute. It's one of my favorite recurring, like, jokes in the show. Yeah. Spike loving uh, passions. You know, I like that they actually talk about a plot from the show which is <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> uh because right the show doesn't do that that often like they'll they mention britney spears like in passing they mention dawson's creek but they never like talk about the pop culture thing uh they also br- bring up the plots that they talk about our passions on this are the same ones on buffy because they bring up one of the characters being dead and then one of the we- and then one of them not going through with a wedding Oh. Using that big sexy brain of yours, Matthew. <laughs> Thank you. I'm here all week. Find <laughs> Twitter at Matthew Rodriguez. <laughs> so then we get the Knights of Byzantium, which is like the weirdest kind of unnecessary plot addition for the season. Right. All the Knights of Byzantium are hot. <laughs> yes. You yes, have to they be are. hot to be a Knight of Byzantium because <laughs> they could all get it. And I hear there's thousands of them. That's hot. <laughs> oh 
By the way, I know it happens in a different episode, but I'm pretty sure Buffy kills some of them. Yes, mm-hmm. she does. And, and I know, um, uh, I, I you know, they talk about how they don't kill humans, but she definitely killed some of them. Right, Despite yeah. being hot. In Spiral, yeah. she throws a sword, like, into one of them and is knocking them off the top of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, that's one of those weird things Giles because... kills horses. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. It's... The, I mean, I guess the Knights of Byzantium makes sense because then we wouldn't have the Spiral, which I think is one of the best Buffy fights. Mm. That Spiral, like, on top of the... What is it? Is it a... Art... What, what the hell are they called? The RV? Yeah, RV, RV? right. Um, I kept wanting to say trailer, but I knew that wasn't right. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a really cool fight, and I guess we wouldn't have been able to have that if we didn't have the knights. So why not throw this, like, old order of knights? It's really funny because the knights want to destroy the key, and Buffy knows that Dawn is fake. So I'd kind of be like, yeah, fine, kill my sister. Like, it'll keep the key from glory, and, like, this will all just end. Like, we'll be fine. <laughs> wow! she's like dawn is fake i've only known her for like six months i don't know her i was dawn i was the youngest and and possibly not real i still don't think you're real yeah i was gonna say that makes sense for you david dawn is real dawn is real she's you could never be on real housewives because you're fake they got rid of magic and she was still there dawn's like very real no she started disappearing in the comics when they did that did she yeah that was like a whole plot point that she kept like forgetting things and she was starting to disappear Oh, right. Well, Wait, she was starting to disappear because... Just like my memory of, why? of comics. Because uh, Buffy destroys, like, the original seed of magic. The feelings <laughs> that she has for Dawn are, oh. like, fake and created by monks. And I'd be like, you know what? Fine. Cause That's then, rude. Because then Glory's <laughs> not going to get the key. I don't have to deal with this snot-nosed brat. Uh, <laughs> you're killing me. I'm a very practical slayer. What would she say to her mom? Yeah. We'll just wait until after the body, then. Oh, my God. Oh, wow, dark. <laughs> <laughs> like, now I won't need to let my mom down. She's dead. Great. Take Dawn. God. <sighs> um, you, you stress me out, Matthew. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I've inherited some of David's trollness from this episode. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let me get my hammer. It's lying around in the magic box. Uh, smash me, daddy. Um, so then Buffy walks in to the magic box. And we get maybe one of my favorite of Buffy's speeches. Oh my god. Uh, mm. You know, I I just fucking love it. Because Buffy, at this point, I mean, we talked about it before. Buffy spends the whole episode being shook. And she's reverting back to like how she was. And, like, the Knights of Byzantium are kind of, like, the last straw, where she's like, you know what? I've had it with this bullshit. She comes in. She's, like, literally not having anyone shit the moment she walks into the magic box. And it really is, I guess, the discussion with the Knights of them talking about the key and blah, 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 that makes her realize, oh, wait, every- I have something everyone wants. So fuck them. I'm going to, like, take back my power, which is, like, some goddamn, like, inspiring shit, right? Like, I think it's so good. Yeah. Ugh. Yes, one of the best episodes, I think, uh, best uh, scenes and monologues she's had in the entire series. It's just so, so good and such an interesting conversation about power, yeah. um, which I think comes 
comes back a little bit at the end of season six with like Dark Willow in yeah. some ways, like this conversation about power and how women like her get it. Because let's be real, the Watchers have been a mess since day one. Right. That poor black girl with the dreads that yeah. they done messed all the way up. That's no, I don't like these guys. They're terrible. And so this is like a really great moment considering everything they've put her through. Right. And it's just, oh, God. And Sarah Michelle Gellar is so good in this scene. Like, this show, I think, endures for a multitude of reasons, but especially her performance is just so amazing. And it's just like, it just warms my heart to see her have a win in yeah. a certain way after everything she's dealing with. Yeah, like this yeah. season especially, she's dealing with so much. Angelica, I do think... That Sam, I, I, I mean, me and Matthew say this all the time on the podcast, but Sam Michelle Gellar's acting is just so good. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes. Her acting is amazing. The fact that she has not had another iconic role is some bullshit. The only reason people love Joss Whedon is really because they love Sarah Michelle Gellar's performance. That's always <laughs> been my belief. Like, her performance does everything it needs to do and then some. And her eyes are just so yes. expressive. It's just amazing to me. Just... Oh God, she's such a great actress. It just makes me sad, like that she feel like she should have done more. Yeah. Well, I, she she got a lot of movies. Care. I would say that she did have one other role that was arguably just as iconic, just didn't get as much screen uh, uh, screen time, and that's uh, her character in uh, Cruel Intentions. That's true. She's amazing in Cruel Intentions, like, and it just kind of shows she's good at playing a wide breadth of characters. Yeah, those characters are just so different from each other. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I always say I think, yeah, I do think this show works so well. I think like the women in general, like not always the men, but I think the women are always like really good, um, and I think that that's like he lucked out, and he tends Joss Whedon tends to luck out with a lot of his stuff, like, he gets really good actors. Uh, but I think Buffy, especially, the women are all just so... Like, it's insane to think that Sam Geller and Alison Hannigan weren't best friends the entire time because they have really good best friend chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, you know, she throws the sword at that guy. It's, like, such a good badass moment. Um, I I think this and then her speech at the end of that one season episode, season seven episode, Bring on the Night, where she's like... Mm the Hellmouth's trying to swallow me whole and it's going to choke on me. I think those are her two best speeches. That was a good line. Yeah. Does someone want to actually read it for the audience? Because it is like a good monologue. Whoever wants to read this little Buffy, your watchers without a slayer little bit, because I think it's worth reading if you if I you would nominate Matthew or you, Angelica. <laughs> Matthew, take it away. <laughs> okay. I'll do the casting for the rest. Ian, you're going to say, you're going to be Giles saying retroactive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and anytime it's a watcher, that will be David. So watcher two or Philip. And then you could be, you could just be any other Scooby. Okay. Angelica. Okay. Cool. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Your watchers. Without a sleigh, you're pretty much just watching Masterpiece Theater. You can't stop Glory. You can't do anything with the information you have except maybe publish it in the Everyone Thinks We're Insano's Home Journal. So here's how it's going to work. You're going to tell me everything you know. Then you're going to go away. You'll contact me if and when you have any further information about Glory. The magic shop will remain open. 
Mr. Giles will he will stay here as my official watcher, reinstated at full salary. <coughs> retroactively. To be paid retroactively from the month he was fired. I will continue my work with the help of my friends. I uh I don't want a sword thrown at me, but but civilians? I we're talking about children. We're talking about two very powerful witches and a thousand year old ex demon. Will is a demon. <laughs> There's no power there. The boy has clocked more field time than all of you combined. He's part of the unit. That's Riley speak. I've clocked field time. Now, you all may be very good at your jobs. The only way we're going to find out is if you work with me. You can all take your time thinking about that. But I want an answer right now from Quentin, because I think he's understanding me. Uh, your terms are acceptable. <laughs> and then everyone claps. Woo! Yes. And then we find out the truth about glory. Yes, I I remember I mean I've said this before, but I remember watching this episode and being like, he's gonna say she's a slayer. That's what it is. She's a slayer who like inherited other slayer powers. Like I really thought that's what it was gonna be. And then we learn Matthew. She's a god. Yeah. Which is like so next level. It's like, oh, oh, oh. Right? Oh, shit. <laughs> a god. Oh, they have those, yes. Yeah, because also, like, in this show, we hadn't really explored, like, other evils that aren't, like, a human or just a demon. Like, this is, like, a whole different mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And I and I remember being like, oh, are they going to make her? Because sometimes on Buffy, they would, like, refer to, like, uh, like ancient... Like, they would, like, use, like, something from, like, actual history and then... Just, or, like, from myth and then, like, bring it mm-hmm. into the show. And I yeah. remember wondering if they were going to make it be that she was, like... A Greek god or something like that. Mm. But then no, she's a mate, which is fine with me. She's like, you know, just a god from a different dim- dimension. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think this whole ending is so good. And I love, we get Buffy. She's like, oh. She like just gave this like empowering speech. And then is like, oh shit. She's a god. Okay. Like that was clearly not what Buffy was thinking about. Yeah, I just, I really like it. So yeah, now we're at the end. Favorite outf- favorite outfit of the episode, David. I kind of already said it. Um, it was, you know, Buffy when she had the leather trench coat. She mm-hmm. had a long uh, necklace with a, a bigger cross than the one that Angel gave her at the end of it. Mm-hmm. She had a turtleneck. She had high heel boots. I couldn't really make out her pants, but it doesn't matter. She looked like she was ready to fight evil while listening to Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> Which actually works with the show because they've actually had two yeah. season finales with Sarah McLaughlin songs. <laughs> uh, I thought it was very of the time. Um, also something that probably my sister would have worn. She's also <laughs> a big Buffy fan. Um, so yeah, I love that. Uh, Angelica, your favorite outfit? Uh, is uh, the one that was just mentioned. Uh, I just, I love a turtleneck. I love a leather trench. I love clunky jewelry. Her <laughs> hair looks fabulous. I mean, I'm just really digging that outfit. I want to wear that outfit. <laughs> Matthew, your favorite outfit. I'm going to go for a left. I'm going to go left field and just say that Nigel the Watcher wears that <laughs> really well. Uh, my favorite is actually her all black outfit at the end with her hoops and her great looking mm. hair. 
Um, she makes an all-black look really, like, she wears it really well, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, favorite scene, Angelica? Hmm. I think it's a toss-up between Spike and the Watcher, who obviously wants to fuck him, <laughs> um, or the scene between Buffy and Glory when Glory brings her trifling ass to Buffy's house. That's a good scene. I think those is between those two for me. Right. Uh, Matthew? Oh, I'm going to go with the interview scene, but specifically the Buffy, I mean, the Willow Tara interview. Right. David? <laughs> for me, it's the monologue. When Buffy said, power, I have it, they don't, this bothers them, I felt like so subordinate to her. <laughs> I will cook for my top. I will clean for my top. <laughs> she just, she had the power and I felt it so much. <laughs> Anyway, um, my favorite scene is a tie between Glory at the Summer's House and Buffy's speech at the end, because I love an empowering goddamn speech. Um, grade for the episode, Matthew? Um, it's actually one of my favorites, and I am gonna maybe surprisingly give it an A. All right. Uh, David? Easy A. My favorite, uh, one of my favorite episodes, the most quotable episode Willow's a demon is something that just pops into my head, like, at any time. <laughs> Willow's a demon, like, yeah, that could be my answer to anything. Willow's a demon. <laughs> um, Angelica? I'd give this an A as well. This is probably in my top five-ish uh, episodes of Buffy. So it's nice. such a great, amazing episode, and it works on pretty much every level. All right. I, I also give it an A. Um, I think we're all in agreement here. This is a really great fucking episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you both for joining us. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Um, if you want to follow SlayerFest98 on Twitter, we are at SlayerFestX98. And if you want to follow Matthew on Twitter, he is at Matthew Rodriguez, one T, a G, and a Z. And if you, you want to follow Ian, you can follow him at IanXCarlos. Um, what about you, David? Where can they find you? I'm discreet Latino, just like it sounds, except it's uh, discreet with the R-E-E-T, not R-E-T-E. And Angelica? Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at my first and last name, Angelica Bastien, and Bastien is spelled B-A-S-T-I-E-N. And Angelica, the normal Rugrats way of spelling it with a G and a C, not Angelica Houston way. (laughs) Yes, take that, Angelica Houston. (laughs) And if you like us, don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are on Google Play and SoundCloud and Stitcher, um, a couple other places. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.